Welcome back to your Congresswoman's favorite podcast, Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. We are your reliable source for election coverage. I'm Mike Gordon, Principal Flute of the Kansas City Symphony. I'm Jason Sieber, the Associate Conductor. And I'm Stephanie Brimhall, the Education Manager. Guys, we know this has been a very intense year for politics, but make no mistake about it. Here at the Kansas City Symphony, there is one man who really runs the show calls all the shots, has all the power, and can make any of his constituents' lives better or worse. In this case, his constituents are the musicians. Stephanie, we're going to turn it over to you with some breaking news. That's right, Jason. All the precincts in the first violins and the horns have reported, and we are ready to call the 2020 election for Mr. David Tebow, stage manager of the Kansas City Symphony. Congratulations, Dave. Dave! (laughs) Well done. Oh, oh, if only, if only Dave was president, (laughs) he'd have my vote for sure. Well, he might not be president, but he is indeed an important leader in the Kansas City Symphony organization and really does have a lot of responsibilities behind the scenes to ensure smooth sailing when it comes to rehearsals and performances. So welcome, Dave, to the show. Welcome, Dave. Dave, great to have you today. Hi, everybody. It's so great to have you. We should also mention that this is our first episode that we are recording in the same room together since the very beginning of the pandemic, since our very first episode. That's true. That was our last time that all of us were in one room together. We are spaced out at the Kansas City Symphony offices right now, being spaced very responsible. Spaced out physically, not mentally. Well, we're a little spaced out <laughs> mentally, too. I but, can't promise that. <laughs> but uh, we are so excited to talk with Dave Tebow, our stage manager today. Um, Dave, of course, you're the last person I see before I walk out on stage each time when we're giving normal concerts. And uh, I I really thoroughly enjoy working with you. I know we all do. And we're just so excited to have you on the podcast today. Tell us how you got started with the Kansas City Symphony as the stage manager. Well, I started in this business in 1976. And I actually worked calls with the Philharmonic. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Before they went out on their broken limb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so then I've I've worked for the symphony off and on ever since. Cool. And you started full-time with us, um, full-time, like, on the staff, stage manager, around the same time I started, Uh, I think. about 2012, I think, something like that. Yeah. Nice, nice. So how did you get started in the stage managing business? Uh, Like, how did you get into this world in general? Um, I needed work, and I had a friend. <laughs> That's always the best way. <laughs> so I started with a, the Stagehands Local 31, and it just progressed into where I am now. Is your, remind me, is your dad, a, he was a band director? He actually retired from Shawnee Mission East as the orchestra director. Orchestra director, director. Oh, yeah. That's right. So you've always had that in your, I mean, you've had that growing up, just kind of this Well, his side of the family is quite musical, yeah. yes. There's yeah. his brother, one of his brothers was quite successful in L.A., studio musician, and um, a lot of other things. Yeah. So I can't even begin to outline all of the things that you have to do. It's like I get tired just like thinking about the things that you have to do in your work every day. But can you just tell us a little bit about like, in, in a, a normal year with a normal orchestra schedule and services that we have in the hall and maybe not in the hall, um, what a stage manager's job entails? How does that work working for an orchestra? Well, I come in and I'm presented a plot mm-hmm. that I hope works. 
um, we all hope works. Um, and so I proceed to set the stage, chairs, stands, uh, percussion, whatever's needed out there. Um, so then when the musicians show up, then we see if it actually works. Mm-hmm. Who makes the map? Do you make, you don't make uh, the map. No, that is made out of the offices. That's right. By our production manager. Um, I do take liberty with them quite often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you have to. Um, as you get used to this, you kind of know personalities mm-hmm. and you kind of get a better sense for spacing and um, some things that you need to do that may not be, it doesn't work on paper. Like not everything is just black and white. No. Personalities, you mean with musicians and who might be more comfortable being slightly this uh, side yes. of the center or yes. not right next to this person blowing in their ear. Or <laughs> A lot of people have um, some peculiarities that you get used to. Mm-hmm. And so I try to accommodate that as much as I can. Yeah. And do certain musicians request certain chairs or stands or do, is it that specific? Um, when we do road stuff, yes. We have a set of road chairs that... Um, there's some names on the backs of some of those chairs. Yeah, yeah. You know what I think was kind of life-changing with Dave was when we finally got those tempo chairs. The, the tempo chairs are adjustable virtually in every direction, oh, up, down, right. like tilted, not tilted, like as high as you want to sit or as low. Like So we, we kind of shifted from having to give every individual musician their requested chair to you take this and you adjust it to however you want. Was that life changing for you? <laughs> that, well, that made a huge difference in in this hall, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, this is this is a story worth worth expanding upon just a little bit because it's I I've always found it incredibly humorous. Um, when I first joined the symphony back in 2007, I remember my very first day of work in the Lyric Theater, and all I wanted to do was go and sit down and play my flute and focus and do my job and not get fired. And, <laughs> and the personnel manager uh, at the time, he was, he was such a sweet man, and he, he was very concerned that I have a chair that made me comfortable, and we didn't have adjustable chairs. We have what are now our road chairs, as we call them. It's our old equipment, and you know it's a total hodgepodge of different chairs from the ages and he literally took me around the whole stage and introduced me to every kind of chair and could tell me just about all the history of it and how many we had and if they were 10 inches or 11 inches or 12 inches or you know whatever uh and i was just like i i I don't know give me a chair and to this day to this day when we're uh you know playing like celebration at the station or flint hills or something like that and we're using those road chairs that chair that I sat in in 2007 is still the chair Dave puts out for me. <laughs> Little great. did you know you that were making like a permanent life chair. decision. <laughs> and is that chair a lazy boy recliner by any chance? Or? I, I couldn't tell you all the features of okay. it. It's black. It has four legs. Uh, it's never failed me. I've never fallen, you know, through it or tipped over with it. It's it's amazing. But but seriously, when I would come on and off stage for a concerto or something and somebody else, you know, Shannon would, would go into my place, the, the stage managers, not only were they maybe moving a piano, they'd come and move every individual person's, you know, chair as the as the wind section wrote. I mean, it was crazy. So now we have these wonderful adjustable chairs and we just sit down and adjust it and it's kind of like getting into somebody else's car and you have to adjust everything, but it's like it. it's much easier for everybody. So so, Dave, I, I have to ask you, you know, one of the things that I think is amazing about uh, 
every stage manager. You know, you're the first guy in the building uh, and you're the last guy out. Yeah. And often when when we musicians are there uh, is the time when most of your work uh, to get a show ready has been done, right? And you're kind of, you know, there's some things to do, but you're mostly waiting for us to perform and then get the heck out of there so you can go back to work, right? And in, <laughs> in, that, in that time, you know, you guys see everything and you all have, you know, incredible stories about uh, performers you've met and, um, you know, weird, funny things that, have happened that you've seen. So talk, talk for a minute, you know, just off the top of your head about, you know, some interesting uh, guest artists that you've met along your career or, you know, funny stories that have happened because, you know, one of my favorite things is just to, you know, park over by your little station for a minute before I go on stage or, you know, I'm in the half an hour before a concert and you always have amazing stories to tell. Well, I wish I could think of some of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's are, been are seven months since he's me. had to think about that. There, there's been so many people in and, and through these places um, that, yeah, you know, nothing really comes to mind. Can I tell a funny is. story? You can. And maybe that will trigger my memory. <laughs> my, when, um, so we had, <laughs> we had boys to men here. Um, <laughs> that was my first, laughing first already. pops concert. <laughs> That was your first pops. That was concert? my first pops concert. Boys Incredible show! Yeah. It was so funny. It, I mean, it was amazing. But it was what was um, funny was that we had one rehearsal. And mm-hmm. That's right, yep. right. And Boys to Men didn't even show up for the beginning of the rehearsal. I mean, right. which is common, uh, oftentimes, especially with pops artists. That yeah, one of their members came when there was about a half an hour, forty five minutes left, if I remember. And they just sang through a. Oh no, they, no, uh, they maybe were about all a there. half an hour into the show. But they were all there. They just didn't sing. It, yeah, yeah, they did not sing. They came out, but. You know, so, I mean, we had been, go- the rehearsal had been going for a while and, um, you know, David and the crew had set it all up and everything and we're all standing there and, uh, backstage and the guys come in and they, you know, they basically just come in and they walk straight out on stage. They do this every day and it's a thing. And Dave looks over at me and he's like, this whole time, I feel like I've been waiting for sync. That's who's, <laughs> that's who's singing today. <laughs> <laughs> like he had in his head that it was going to be Justin Timberlake and like JC Chazé and not Boys to Men. Boys to Men are uh, you could, back in the day you could have called them a boy band. So I guess yeah. it's a No, for sure. Yeah. They were a boy band. But you know, <laughs> boy bands were completely off my chart. They just weren't my thing. So yeah. I didn't pay much attention to that whole genre. Right, right. Uh, unless you were a doo-wop group in the 50s. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Have you heard any of those groups in your time uh working? Um, no, I'm not that far back. No. So Dave, I mean, we've had, like you said, so many great artists come through, especially Hellsberg Hall, both pops and classical. And what I've often found, I don't know if you found this as well, is that many of the absolute best performers like Yo-Yo Ma, Emmanuel Axe, Leslie Odom Jr., they're also the nicest people in the world when they're interacting oh. with you backstage. and yes. You can throw Lyle Lovett in there. Yeah. You can throw a lot of people in there. Um, those those people are so relaxed in what they do. Mm. And, you know, they just, they don't need an ego. They just, they do what they do. Right. Right. I've, I've often found that correlation pretty cool. That some, uh, Joyce Cedonato, I'm just thinking of like people that we've had well, several really, times. I mean, just... some of the biggest names, really the biggest names that have come through here are the most gracious and nicest people. Um, to work with. It's been, 
It's indeed, awesome. indeed. You know, thinking about especially the pops world, we were talking about setup and and teardown, and of course that's a major part of your job. But you, while the show is actually happening, you are making calls to the person running the sound, the person running the lights. There's a whole production team that you're really in charge of, or helping facilitate all these different aspects of a performance. Just talk to us a little bit about how that teamwork, how it works, how how you have to guide people and, and make sure the show runs smoothly. Because when people are out in the audience, all they see is the finished product. They don't realize that there's so much going on backstage mm-hmm. to make sure that all works and flows beautifully. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Dave does not want any attention drawn to him <laughs> at those concerts. That's the sign of a good stage manager. There's you never know, any issues. We're very, very fortunate that we have a really spectacular team. Yeah. Um, um, so unless there's a specific sound issue, um, um, a cue or something, they pretty much take it on their own. Mm-hmm. They, they, we get enough rehearsals for some of these things that uh, it goes quite smoothly. Mm-hmm. And our lighting designer is much the same way. Mm-hmm. She yeah. runs the board. She designs the shows. Um, I just kind of stay out of her way. <laughs> Christina is phenomenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know, one of the things that I didn't, I didn't realize before working here with, with you actually, Dave, was that, um, you know, a lot of times crew members have certain specialties. I mean, like Christina is an incredible lighting designer. And I know that people have specific like sound abilities, you know, um, and technical experience, like running sound and things like that. And people run lights. I mean, you know, so when we do certain events, it's like, something that would never cross my mind before is, okay, well, yeah, I just want like these lights to look like this. So, Hey Dave, can you do that? <laughs> no, <laughs> I need to get Christina in here to do that. Right. But I think that's really cool that there's, you know, people have their specialties and, and you're in and you kind of do it all and oversee it and don't get in anybody's well, way. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Um, but you know, the same holds true with you guys. Yeah. So the direction that we get is, the direction we need to get you guys what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Well, Dave, you've been um, a big part of our mobile music box series that we have started this fall, where we've been going all around Kansas city, uh, performing in chamber groups for the KC metro area. Uh, And you once again are are setting all that up, driving the truck and driving the trailer, all the mobile music box all over the place. Just tell us a little bit about what that experience has been like and, and the reactions you've seen from the audiences of all these places you've been around town. Um, driving the music box is an experience just out on the road. <laughs> 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 this thing is like 32 feet long. Um, and 32 feet high. <laughs> and, and it's as high as a semi-truck. Um, and people in this town drive crazy, especially now that there's not as much traffic. Mm-hmm. So everybody's a, a, a race car driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting out of some in and out of some of these places is a little bit tricky. But, you know, we've um, gone to really some nice parks, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful parks in the city. Um, the audiences that we've had are so appreciative. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this has been really a great thing to get out and do for the community and also for the musicians. Yeah. Because they spend their whole lives, what they do is play music for people. Yeah. Uh. yeah. And this is um, keeping them alive. Yeah. That's I think great. it's doing that for us too. I mean, just. Absolutely. Yeah. What I think is so cool is that Dave, so 
I mean, you know, our staff um, here at the symphony, we kind of take turns and we go to a bunch of these events and work some of them. Some of them we just go to because we want to hear them. Mike is playing and a lot of them. Jason is attending and emceeing a lot of these events. But Dave is at every single event that we have, the mobile music box, Dave is at that event. So you have seen all corners of the city and <laughs> a city you already knew well, but I bet are learning even more about. Well, there's a lot of new parts of the city that I've been in that I have not <laughs> known that has grown so much. Yeah, I yeah. think that's one of the coolest parts about these concerts is that we're, you know, not only are we going out into parts of the community that, you know, we've never been to before, but we're bringing an audience with us. And like, I think the community itself is learning more about the community in yeah. these performances, which is really Well, cool. I think we are getting um, audiences that maybe have never been to Hillsburg. Mm -hmm. Yep. For sure. Um, Definitely. So hopefully we will see them there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that we're just kind of breaking down this like stereotype of what an orchestra is. And I think for the show notes this week, let's put up, we'll put up a, a picture of the mobile music box yes. so you can see what we're talking about. Um, yeah. It's beautifully designed and it's, um, it's not what you would typically imagine a symphony mobile stage would look like. It's very <laughs> vibrant and bright and beautiful. And Dave <laughs> driving down the highway, I actually have a video uh, when uh, Dave was driving up to Smithville for a concert and I was working that concert. So I'm driving up 169 and i'm like oh there it is in the distance i can see it in the right lane going about 50 because that's that's as fast as it'll go <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know it's it's kind of doing this a little bit because it's a little bit windy and i just go by and dave's just two hands 10 and 2 very serious responsible <laughs> i'd be scared to death driving that thing man i don't know how you do it honestly yeah, it's like anything else. You start getting used to it. Yeah, yeah. At least you don't have to park it in your driveway. Uh, that is true. <laughs> but I did have to parallel park it out at the uh, at Independence the other day, in between Ooh. two cars that were broken down that weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> if they weren't broken down before, they were definitely broken down after Dave was finished parallel parking. No, he oh. did it, and he showed me a picture. I mean, oh, like, nice. he said, look what I did today. <laughs> I love it. It was awesome. Well, you know, this is the thing about Dave. It, it it sort of doesn't matter what the problem is. You know, you you just solve it however it needs to get solved. We need to play a concert. There's some cars parked. You're just going to parallel park a 30-foot trailer. No big deal. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Make it happen. Like you or do. you need, you know, somebody needs their, you know, stand three inches higher than it'll go. You know, okay, well, we've got some tape and some wood blocks let's wood do that blocks, you know yeah. <laughs> well i mean this this thing so uh, you know for those of you who haven't seen it you don't just like park it and it's ready to go for the concert you know the side folds down and there are all these jacks that go under it that you know level it and support it and uh you know then the stands and the chairs have to be set like any other concert uh often we're using microphones so all that stuff has to be set up um you know, if a gust of wind comes, you know, we, we've got a whole bunch of like sandbags to weight down uh, the music stands. We've got clips. We've got, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole. Um, it's like being outside. It's like being outside. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of extra setup that uh, that goes into it. And um, and yeah, Dave Dave does it all and pretty, uh, pretty quickly too. I mean, I, I get to concerts pretty early usually. And I have yet to get there early enough where I actually still see you setting up the trailer like it's all it's all pretty ready to go by the time i get there well i mean 
we're, I think we tell the venues that we'll be there two hours beforehand. So when I'm working one of those concerts, I get there two hours beforehand and it's set up then. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Dave is, uh, he's passionate about being on time. Well, you know, it was designed in such a way that it's, it's really fairly simple to set it. Um, and especially now that we've done it enough times that it goes pretty quick. Um, but, you know, the two hours ahead of thing actually hopefully anticipates if there's any accidents on the road, uh-huh. if there has yeah. been. Um, although traffic is much lighter now than it used to be mm-hmm. uh, seven months ago. Um, so, yeah, we do arrive early, too early sometimes, but that's better than too late. Absolutely. Well, and you, I mean, you have to factor in, too, I think one thing that we forget is, you know, if there's a you know, a a traffic jam or a road closure or something in your car, you can just say, okay, I'm just going to exit here and figure this out. And you can't do that with a 30 foot trailer and a, (laughs) (laughs) that can only go under a certain height bridge. And you much have to establish a route and you, you got to stick to it or you can get into driving miles to get back to where you want to be. Well, Dave, you uh, are a longtime Kansas Cityan, and as you mentioned, you've seen a lot of the parts of the city that you haven't seen for a while and that have grown. You also have been probably the best person here in the Kansas City Symphony team, I must say, to give me recommendations of places to go check out, either restaurants that people don't know about or other places to hang. You just told me about a gelato place a couple weeks ago. What are some of the uh, hidden gems in this city that if you are a Kansas Cityan, People should definitely check these places out. Do you have a couple recommendations for uh, restaurants? or? You know, it's been so long since I've been out. <laughs> you, reach, you reach a point, you just don't go out anymore. <laughs> I was telling um, Jason the other day um, that before all of this happened, you and I went to a place and ate catfish. Where oh, do yeah. we go Where's to eat catfish? catfish? Do you remember that place? It was like... Uh, yeah, it was over on Jumping Catfish. Is that what it was called? I think it might have been. Yes. Oh, you, you ate there too, but you ate at the one on Truce, Jason. Yes. What was it? Um, we was ate, it ate L- at the Luftis? one on State. No. 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 Where was it? I don't remember. It's somewhere over there on Truce. I've never eaten at that one. Dave's looking it up. While he looks it up, tell us about the gelato place. We Oh, the gelato place <laughs> on... Um, um, it's Anadors. Anadors. Over on State Line and 50th. Oh. They moved into a shop over there. And there's a little coffee shop right by there called the Top Hatter. It's a neat little, um, it's not a strip mall, but there's two or three little shops there in a residential area. It's a pretty neat, classy little place. Right. Uh, but that's some of the best gelato I've had in this town. Well, I'm going to have to make my way over there. Good. Yeah, for you know, sure. It's super fun hanging out with Dave. And Dave and I have had many lunches together because we will go on site visits together if we... Nieces was very good. Nieces we stopped was in very good. Nieces yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, we've also been. We went to Max's for oh, burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Max's. <sighs> Where's Max's? See, you really do know the best places. Well, Dave. Max's has been around for uh, ever. But it's burgers um, and Warnell. and Euro. Is it Euro or Gyro? You say Euro. I say potato. Okay. Well, the the place serves burgers and euros. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's incredible. Nice. <laughs> We, I feel like this is the second week in a row we've talked about nothing but food for like a good 10 minutes. That's we the we most really need to eat stuff. right before that we, we film these. <laughs> we did today. <laughs> we did, actually. We're still hungry. Um, how about any good books? Have you read any good books lately, Dave? You're a, a big, avid reader. I know that. Well, you know, I've kind of gone back and I'm 
going through my book collection, reading classics that I have have sat there on my shelf for twenty some years and I've never read, like The Last of the Mohicans, mm. Mm. Nice. Uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, good ones. Um, I hope I get his name right. Cellini's biography. Oh, I don't know that one. An Italian sculptor. Oh, okay, who was cool. Quite a wild man. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, here's a question, though. So, during this uh, COVID period, have you found that you've actually read fewer books because you're not, you know, sitting there waiting for us to finish a three-hour opera, or have you have you read more? Oh, I kind of. It kind of goes. I read a lot, then I don't read anything, and so I, I probably read less now because there's other things to do. Well, and I think we should say so when when we were talking about how you know th everything gets set up and then Dave's basically just sitting there waiting for the service to be over so he can break it all down again. During the waiting time is when Dave is he's either reading a book, which is most of the time I'd say like eighty percent of the time you're reading a book, and the other twenty percent of the time you're looking at. Um, fifth wheels or RVs or campers. <laughs> Is that true? Motorcycle parts. Oh, and motorcycle oh, parts yeah. and sometimes guitars. Yeah. <laughs> I spend a lot of my time with Dave backstage talking football. We're going to, we're going to talk about that later when we play bar talk, I think. But, uh, I have a question though. So let's, let's get back into Hellsberg hall for a minute. Cause I've always wondered this and I want you to be honest. Um, when you guys move the piano from backstage out center stage, downstage. It's only been recently that they put like a little two inch lip up there. <laughs> Before, like a couple years ago, there was no lip on the edge of that stage. And how many inches give did you have in oh, there getting that? Maybe six. Okay. Were you ever nervous at any point moving the piano on and off the stage? Oh, yeah. It was terrifying the first <laughs> few times. But then when you start noticing, the audience and their eyes are the size of dishes. <laughs> it becomes a lot of fun. <laughs> because, I mean, they're the only just row. a few feet away from, from oh, where that is. Oh, if they would have gone over, it would have been... Uh, it would be bad. It would have been bad. None of us would be sitting here right now, probably. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> so I'm actually wondering how, why it took them so long to put a lip on the front I mean, of It was stage. years. We, like, yeah. there were years. But, you know, I mean, you, all, you always did wonderfully. I just... I. I could not watch you guys move the piano onto the stage. It's ever. scary. Even with the lip, I'm still scared that it's gonna <laughs> the wheel's gonna pop over the lid and it's gonna, or no, over the edge and it's happen. gonna go over. But not with yeah. Dave. Not no, with I Dave. I don't think not. that would happen. The piano's too heavy for that to happen. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, you really can't even walk around the front of the piano hardly once it's no, set for a concerto. No. This, I mean, it is yeah. really at the edge of the stage. We've got enough room to raise the lid, and that's about it. Yeah, it's just it just barely uh, barely fits out there with the risers up. It's it's incredible. So actually, I mean, compared to moving a piano out to the middle of our stage, parallel parking that trailer was probably <laughs> nothing, right? Walk in the park. <laughs> maybe nice. maybe you could try parallel parking the trailer on the stage. Well, Whoa! <laughs> now we're talking. Now's the time to do it with no one in there. Uh, Dave, what do, what do you enjoy the most about your job? What do you enjoy the most being stage manager of the Kansas City Symphony? Um, the musicians and the staff. Yeah. Just the people I work with. Good people. Short and sweet. Yep. I, like I totally that. agree. I like that. Yeah. Um, we're going to play some bar talk here in a little few moments, but we, uh, as Mike pointed out 
has pointed out several times, it's uh, our legal obligation to ask you the following two questions on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. What's your favorite drink? And if you were sharing this drink with Beethoven, whether it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic, coffee, water, whatever, what would you ask Beethoven if you were sitting down having your favorite beverage with Beethoven? Well, right now it's water. <laughs> Good old water. I've uh, had a lot of favorite drinks over the course of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some of them all in the same night. <laughs> right now it's water. Uh, right now it's water. Um, wow, I don't know what I'd uh, Hey, have another shot. <laughs> <laughs> You'd buy him a shot. That's good. I buy like Beethoven that. a shot. I like it. I like it. You would ask Beethoven what his favorite drink is, perhaps. And you buy, I buy one. you one. I like that. I, like I do that. too. That sounds just like just like Dave too. That's what he would do. Nice. Well, as you know, Dave, every time we have a member of the Kansas City Symphony team on this podcast, we like to play a little game called Bar Talk. It's very much like Around the Horn on ESPN. Basically, I ask a series of questions. If I like your response, uh, you're going to hear this sound. And if I don't like your response, you're going to hear this sound, a horn. But just keep talking, even if you hear a lot of horns. Now, Stephanie has done a very admirable job hosting these last few episodes, this game of Bartok, but I really miss being the one that gets to reward people and especially penalize them and humiliate <laughs> them with the horn. So I'm back as the host today. Uh, we have four questions, and we have a, a special guest joining us this week. Uh, Mr. Tim Dodge from our development team is going to be our scorekeeper. Our audio engineer, Tim Dixon, is not with us this week. And I think it's a rule, basically. It has to be. Yeah, if you can only keep score in bar talk if your name is Tim. Yeah, you have yeah. to be called Tim to keep score. Yeah. It's a very important duty because this is a very serious game. Now, <laughs> normally we allow you to uh, give recommended listening at the end of the game if you win. But this week, I'm upping the stakes. When it is safe to do so again, whoever wins bar talk today, I will go treat them to a full barbecue meal at a place of their choice in Kansas City. What? So think about that. The stakes have just this gone up. Serious. Here we go. We're Mike's, ready to play bar Mike's talk. Mike's ears just perked up. Suddenly, He's like, suddenly, suddenly Mike's I'm, motivated. I'm in the game. All right. I'm the game face on. Here we go. Well, question number one. And we're going to start with Mike. He's going to give the first response here. Mike, which section of the orchestra is the lowest maintenance section when it comes to stage needs and requests? Oh, obviously it's the flute section. I mean, there's no question. Really? What? Wow. Just Why the flute section? Him on there? Because yeah. we just, we sit, we play the flute. That's it. No? Uh, I don't no. think you, I don't think, well, the rest of the flute section is low maintenance. The principal flute, not so much. Oh, so. dear. Oh, Two horns for you, sir. <laughs> Stephanie, what do you think? What's the lowest maintenance section of the orchestra? Well, I'm, I'm going to say my answer is also the flute section, but it's because... Oh, <laughs> oh good. I get points. I was going to say it's because Michael Gordon is probably the lowest maintenance member of uh, the entire Kansas City Symphony uh, community. That's actually And uh, so that's my... that's. That's right. my answer. Stephanie gets some points. Now, you might <laughs> wow. be wondering why you got the horn and I, she got I the bell be for the same exact answer. <laughs> but there's two reasons. Uh, it's election season, so candidates are, are willing to flip-flop their answers based on their opinions on things. And also, Stephanie hasn't won the game yet, so I'm trying to help her out a little bit today. <laughs> okay, Dave Tebow, 
Now it comes over to you, Dave, because you know this. You would know better than Dave anyone. Dave actually knows. <laughs> who is the lowest maintenance section of the orchestra? I was actually going to say the flute. Oh yes. I'm, oh <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm changing mine to timpani. Oh, oh timpani. Wow. Good. Mr. Ooh. Tim Jepson, he is very yes. agreeable. and Oh, he is so agreeable. And easy to get along with. That's great. Yes. That's great. And he never has and any special needs or requests. We don't have to move him around too much. That's right. He, he brings his own timpani out on the stage. And, and, he's, and he's, when he's said, he's said, you don't move it around. That's great. Okay. Huh. Moving on to question number two. You have some ground to make up here, Mr. Gordon. Wow. If Dave and his entire crew were unable to make it to a performance one day, which one of the three Beethoven Walks Into a Bar co-hosts, either Mike, Stephanie, or me, would make the best stage manager for the day, and why? Stephanie, we're going to start with you. Well, hold on. Who would make I the best like stage manager? I feel like Dave should have to go first or last, because he's going to be like the decider here. No, I make up the rules. <sighs> you don't get to make up the rules. Here we go. Go ahead. All right. Well, I, f I fear that Mike shot himself in the foot earlier when he like chose himself, but I'm choosing myself. And let me tell you why. Okay. I would be the best crew member because I have I am currently like a part-time crew member. I'm, I'm working at these mobile music box concerts. Sure. I'm like jacking up the truck. I'm taking the jacks off. I'm throwing sandbags everywhere. Like I am, I am rocking, rocking. Okay, okay. The stage, right. stage crew right now. Okay, I, I like that answer. Dave, what do you think? Which one of the three of us would make the best stage manager if you were gone for the day? Well, I would go with Stephanie. Right. Um, not Not only because of the music box, which she is dynamite help doing, <gasps> but when she puts on her programs, her education programs, this woman knows what's going on. Oh. Wow. Good answer. Good answer. Aww. Mike, what do you think? Which one of the three of us would make the best stage manager? I, I can't argue with the group. It's definitely Stephanie. Oh. And Why? I mean, you know, she, like Dave said, she just knows what's going on. You can't trust me to move stuff around. I won't know what's happening or remember anything. Mike doesn't care what chair and he gets or anybody I, else I gets. I don't know. And, you know, Jason, uh, you're wonderful, but, uh, but you know, but. Ste Stephanie, Stephanie can, you know, she... She can she can get people to hustle, you know, okay. when it's required. You well, know, I am can, a mom. She can oh, lead the troops. True. It's very yeah. true. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Gosh, that just look. I can lose this game, and that just made my life. Just well, right, that question. Right. We'll keep that in mind. Tim, did you hear that? Don't give <laughs> Stephanie any more points. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Dave and I talk a lot of football backstage, like I mentioned earlier today. Uh, usually right before I walk out on the stage. Quite it's like often, the last yes. thing we're talking about right before I walk out. <laughs> and often we make predictions of games that day or speculations about who's doing well and who's not. Which of the following things do you think is going to happen first? Now, you guys know I'm a Browns fan and I'm also a Chiefs fan. And we talk a lot of Browns, a lot of Chiefs. Which of these things do you think are going to happen first? The Kansas City Chiefs win their fifth Super Bowl. They've won two of them so far. Or the Cleveland Browns just make it to a Super Bowl. <laughs> they have never been to a Super Bowl. Dave, which of those is going to happen first? The Chiefs win five Super Bowls mm. or the Browns make it to a Super Bowl? This is a tough question. It is a tough question because the Browns are actually showing some promise right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, here, here it goes. <laughs> we'll see how long that holds up. But I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. 
<laughs> that horn was not for the Chiefs. That horn was for your comment of how long that holds up. But you're going to pick the Chiefs. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, let's hear from Mike. What do you think? You know, I don't understand this uh, silly allegiance to Cleveland. I mean, it's a wonderful city, but... Uh, They've shown no aptitude for football over the long term. And I have to go uh, with the Chiefs, absolutely, unquestionably, even if it costs me barbecue. Okay. Wow. That's an, uh, I appreciate that. That's a man of uh, integrity over there. I'm so I'm going to give him three dings for his integrity. <laughs> and Stephanie, what do you think? Chiefs win their fifth Super Bowl or the Browns just make it to one? What's going to happen first? I'm struggling right now because... I, like, I love the idea of barbecue, but I love the idea of winning even more. Oh. But I cannot in good conscience say that the Browns will ever make it to a Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are crushing my will to live today. Thanks a lot. All right. Last question. Uh, this one should be a little bit easier and my feelings will not be hurt on this one. So that's good. Which barbecue joint in kansas city do you think has the best ribs oh can i can who I, has the best ribs what can i in, interrupt on this please, one because please. if it's who has the best ribs is this the place that you're going to take us to yeah. for barbecue well, if we win? Uh, absolutely wherever you want to go all right all right we're starting with mike mike wh who has the best ribs in kc this is a toughie i have i have two two close front runners i think i gotta go slaps slaps nice slaps is really good I've never tried slaps. I need to go. I haven't either. Okay. And why? what makes their ribs really good? I don't know. They're just, you know, they're tender like they ought to be and, you know, but not like overcooked and they're, you know, they're not too uh, uh, covered in sauce like some, some Casey places. I feel like, you know, they rely on that sauce a little too much. It's I gotcha. sweet, you know. If the meat is good itself, it doesn't yeah. need a lot of I mean, sauce. They, you know, yeah. they have sauce, but slaps is very, very good. Okay, Slaps. Stephanie, what do you think? I need to go to Slaps. I've never been to Slaps. It's tasty. I have not had a lot of ribs here in Kansas City. I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I'm getting the horn. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will vote Q39 because it's it's uh, just all-around good barbecue. And actually, when, when John Amos was here for celebration at the station a few years ago, after the dress rehearsal, I thought I was just driving him back to his hotel call it a night and he said stiff let's go get some ribs nice <laughs> and we went to q39 and it was delicious <laughs> and if it's good enough for john it's good enough for all of us right? right nice dave what do you think best ribs in kansas city oh wow you know that's almost an impossible question to answer um but i'm gonna go with brian's arthur oh. brian's classic classic and, choice uh, and also danny edwards Danny Edwards I never been there. Okay, I haven't been to Danny Edwards either, and you you talk about it enough that we you didn't need to go, go with us there on on our my birthday. No. Okay. Well, you missed out. I know. Well, you're gonna have to go on Dave's next birthday. There Dave, we go. Uh, what what makes Bryant's ribs so good? Arthur Bryant's ribs. I think about sixty years of cooking them. <laughs> nice, good answer. Okay, all right. We've come to the end of bar talk today. A lot of lot of bells, a few horns here and there, especially when we're talking about the Browns. Let's see the results. Uh, Tim has tabulated them. Thank you, Tim. I'm so nervous. In third place, Stephanie Brimhall with what? two Ouch. points. Wait, is that that's in the box, right? Yeah, two points. Okay. In second place, with five points, our guest today, Dave Tebow. 
And in first place, the man who wanted the barbecue the most today, Mr. Mike Gordon, was seven points. Congratulations, Mike. Right. Where yeah. are we going? Are we going to slaps or where are we going to go? Well, I, first of all, I, I just can't believe that somehow I, I rallied from that, uh, from that early hole I was in. You were down pretty, pretty early, yes. <laughs> man, that's the comeback story of the year, perhaps. Um, it, it could be. Well, we, we could might be like all, the Browns. It could be like the Browns. We, we might all have to roll on down to slaps and try it one day. Although my second, my second kind of tied for first is also Q39. So either, either one good. of those. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised no one mentioned Joe's KC because they also have. Well, that was my second choice. I love Joe's. Joe's yep. is really good. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. All right. Well, Dave, we want to thank you for being with us on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar today. It's been really wonderful speaking with you and learning all about your job. Uh, before we let you go, um, what music have you been listening to? Usually we do recommended listening at the end of the episode. It could be classical, non-classical, whatever. What have you been listening to lately that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Anything? Somebody who I really like right now is uh, Amelda May. Mm-hmm. Mm, nice. She's an Irish. Started out in the rockabilly world, mm-hmm. and I think she has gone on to other types of genres. Mm-hmm. Nice. We'll definitely include her in our in our show notes. Then, yeah, awesome. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. We've had an awesome time. Um, if For those of you listening, we ha- still have several weeks left of our Mobile Music Box series. You can find out more information about where we will be next at kcsymphony.org. And uh, you'll see Dave there. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I've had fun. <laughs> Good. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> well, on our next episode, we'll be talking with newlywed and new KCS principal percussionist, Josh Jones. I can't think of anyone I've ever met who has more of a passion for hitting things. <laughs> he was kind enough to spend the day before his wedding talking to us about his work with members of the Chicago Symphony and all things percussion. Next time on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. Beethoven Walks Into a Bar.